Hello, and welcome back to the Fancy Fantasy Football Podcast. This is not your father's Fancy Fantasy Football Podcast. That's right, I don't have my original host, Jen Murphy. I don't have my usual, lately, co-host, Nick Spear. I've got a very special guest co-host. You know him and you love him if you are a certain percentage of our league. That's right. I've got John Rhodes. Hey, John, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you doing, Pat? I'm pretty good. I'm so happy that you were able to join us. Um, Nick told me that he could not record this week, and so I wanted to still record. I've been trying to be pretty steady this season, and uh, my thought immediately went to you, asterisk, uh, and I'm so happy you are able to join us. In fact, you are, my information says here, uh, braving your way through a terrible cold just to record this podcast. Is that so? I I would say that's uh, going too far. I think I, I had a terrible cold and now I am almost out of the woods. And so like, I feel pretty good, but I sound probably not very good. I think you sound great. Honestly, I, I wouldn't know it just by listening for sure. I got to go back. Did you say I was your first suggestion? First thought asterisk? Yes, I did. Uh, so if you, so you, John, are pretty sure the only loyal listener who is not a member of the league. Um, I, and thank you for that. Another thing for which you deserve a gold star. Uh, and so if you listened last episode, I said that there was a programming note and that there was going to be a recording with the ladies of the league. Uh, and because they wanted to respond to things, particularly they wanted to respond to some of my thoughts about Disney movies was my understanding. Meg Collins particularly felt strongly about this. Uh, and so the plan was that they were going to have an episode. And so what happened was they recorded an hour and a half conversation. Oh no. And it was Jen and Meg Collins and Abby talking about a wide range of things i wasn't listening in because i was going to listen to the episode obviously uh and it was on the same setup that we're on right now it turns out i i had intended for jen to use safari to gchat with those ladies and what happened was uh she used google chrome and so i was recording on safari for an hour and a half and they were chatting on Chrome for an hour and a half. So I had literally no audio from Meg or Abby for the entire conversation. I just have Jen solo chat and like five seconds of theme song for that entire uh, hour and a half conversation. So I screwed it up. I did not check it because I didn't want to listen in. I didn't I didn't test record or anything. And so it's 100% my fault, not Jen's fault. Uh, but they wasted... And they they talked beforehand, so they wasted like two hours of their time. Well, I'm sure they had a lovely time talking. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I will say, from a listener perspective, do you remember that time that we shot a thing up to Mars and it crashed into Mars too hard and it fucking broke it? Can I swear on this? You sure can. This is labeled explicit. Oh, that's right, because you can't hear it in China. That's, yeah. I, I knew that. Uh, and we, we shot that thing into Mars and it just busted up and it was all because some of the numbers were in metric and some were in English. Yes. Just a simple mistake. This is just like that, but more tragic. I would have loved listening to this podcast. I know. I feel terrible. And so I offered to them to record a replacement because I felt so terrible. You're doing all their voices? What do you say? 
you doing all their voices? Yeah, exactly. Uh, just here, could you just write down the best of your recollection, and I will imitate all of you, and I'll I'll record it separately each time so that I can mess with it in audacity uh and that would be great but anyway so i offered to them to record a replacement and they were like yeah no thanks <laughs> so uh that is why you are my first choice asterisk i if i was going to record this week myself with a co-host you were my first choice however i felt i owed it to them to have the opportunity to record their own episode um but unfortunately uh they were too disheartened by the loss of their very long conversation I really thoroughly enjoyed the Disney stuff on the last podcast, so I'm sure the the response to it would have been excellent as well. So it is like a double downer that I didn't get to hear that, and now I do have to do this. <laughs> oh, you have to do this. I'm so sorry to burden you, John. You guys should have seen these texts this guy was sending me. I was like, <laughs> oh, boy, I think I'll have to cancel the show if you can't come on, John. <laughs> I might as well delete all the episodes. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to come to your house and beat you up, Charlie. <laughs> so, uh, the funny thing is, to me, uh, I the reason the reason this exists, allegedly, is because of our fancy fantasy football league. And uh, that is what this is about. As listeners such as yourself know, um, Podcast Halftime has been encroaching further and further as, as the majority of the content. However, I still feel obliged to briefly discuss last week uh, and also look ahead to this coming week. So it's funny to do that with you, John Rhodes, because A, you are not a part of this league. You don't even have access. If you if you clicked on ESPN, you could not look at our league scoreboard if you wanted to because it is private. And also, you don't even care about football anymore, and you're not even uh, in, actively involved in the league that you are a commissioner of uh for with our law school friends so you are a hilarious choice to uh dissect week one of the play round one of the playoffs and look ahead to round two so all right i'm excited for it yeah it's true i am particularly unqualified but based on uh some of those predictions especially from nick i was hearing throughout this season i don't think you should expect any dip in quality here ah <laughs> take that nick <laughs> chump yeah, so uh, let's do our usual and look at the week that was, which was week one of the playoffs. So uh, for round one of the playoffs, there were really only uh, four matches that mattered. There were the two actual playoffs, uh, and then there were the two reverse playoffs for what was formerly the Sacco Bowl and I guess is now the Boost Bowl to get last place. And then uh, two teams, the the first and second place teams, Casey and Abby were on by. So they didn't play at all. So there's a, a measly four matches to talk about. Uh, so let's do it. Can I ask you a question real quick? You may. Is there a person now? Okay. The boost. Is that a person or is that a title you obtained by finishing last? So, it is uh, obviously the caboose, you know, reference to cabooses. Certainly. Last yeah. place. Uh, Nick essentially has dubbed Abby the caboose or the boost. Okay. And so when we talk and about Abby the Abby always beats Nick, right? Yeah. So Abby is the boost by reputation. However, if you were listening 30 seconds ago, she is she had a buy this week because she was so successful in fantasy football this season. Uh, so she, it is very inappropriate for her to be the caboose in our league. However, uh, Nick has declared her to be the all-time caboose. But uh, for sure, 
distant last place this season so far has been our friend, yours and mine, Alex. Um, uh, oh, wow. So if we were awarding the boost nickname, uh, you know, by your actual qualifications, then it could be no other than Alex for sure. But, but as far as the nickname goes, it is, it is actually Alex. I mean, it's okay. actually Abby. That makes sense. So let's start there, shall we? Uh, the uh, the boost playoffs, and and so we did. This is a little inside baseball for you. Before I probably before there was uh, a podcast, I believe uh, the first season of the fancy fantasy football league, I had an exceptionally complicated system of essentially kind of like achievement points in video games, but for fantasy football, and you could earn points which i called universal scoring chits or uscs uh for doing things he's shaking his head silently that you can't see and uh so there were things like uh raillery conductor if you uh had a had a plus one sick burn uh making fun of someone uh if you had uh you know the best week of uh, if you're the, the high score of that week you would get a certain number of uh uscs if you had the best team name you get a certain number of uscs if you had the best team logo you'd have a certain number of uscs uh there's one that was the most annoying to calculate by hand and i quickly abandoned it was best lineup optimization comparing your roster with uh who you actually started and what percentage of the maximum total starting points you got and so i did uh, that on a weekly basis, which was very difficult and annoying. So anyway, there are all these very complicated things for a scoring system for tangentially uh, football-related, sometimes just more like a spirit award. And so a port, uh, at the end of the season, the person with the most USCs would get a small, small, small amount of the prize money. So anyway, uh, we had... The reverse of that was to win the Sacco, so named after the television show The League, which is the trophy you got for getting last place. And so uh, I we had the Sacco from the start, but it, there was never any – we never could agree on a consequence for the Sacco. There wasn't any uh, walk of shame or, you know, embarrassing dare or, uh, you know, tattoo you had to get like some leagues do. Uh, so there's never any actual consequence, but it has been the Sacco from the start. But because of our uh, so many discussions about the boost, it, the boost is becoming a real thing. And there is a, a quote unquote prize that has been acquired for the boost this year. So whoever wins that uh, will will have certain uh, penalties. Mm hmm. Have you disclosed what that prize is? No, it is it is uh, unknown currently to uh, other anyone excited. other than Nick and myself. So anyway, Sacco has been around. The boost is new. The boost is loose. So the I, as a USC guy, do you think you should say the boost is loose? Yes, absolutely. I don't think you should. I think that's a mistake. <laughs> uh, I think is that the only. Reference that I don't know another juice who gets loose. Hmm. I'll have to think about it. I feel like there are other references that that could potentially be to. Not that I could think of it offhand. Uh, I did have a professor tell me that he had OJ Simpson in his class and that he was like a, a very smart and very charming guy and everyone loved him and he was a great student and did great in his class. I was like, cool. And that was in, you know, 
2002 or something. It was like way after it was a problem yeah. to be saying good things about O.J. Simpson. Um, Even white people had figured out he had done it by then. Yeah, exactly. So uh, anyway, complicated feelings about both O.J. Simpson and uh, for completely but, less hey, valid reasons. What are your complicated feelings about O.J. Simpson? Are uh, you trying to hold out hope that maybe he's a cool guy because he went to USC? Exactly. He's... he's and he um, was a, an avid collector of sports memorabilia. You know, he has so many redeeming qualities. <laughs> Do they still? I don't remember. I think they still have his Heisman in our, like, I don't think they stripped him of his Heisman, unlike Reggie Bush. Like, murdering someone is not enough to get your trophy taken away from the school trophy case. But having, you know, benefits will for sure get your Heisman trophy taken away. So, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, anyway... As I was saying, week one of the playoffs, starting with the Boost Bowl. Uh, so the bottom four teams, reminding you, were Alex Um, Jennifer Murphy, shockingly, Megan Murphy, and Annalisa. So Alex played Jen, and surprisingly, Alex lost. Uh, it was 94.6 to 86. Jen pulled off the victory. So congratulations, Alex. Um, you are going to the boost bowl, uh, and you'll be going up against, uh, Megan Murphy played against Annalisa. The final score, Megan Murphy, 110, Annalisa, 71.2. So a big victory for Megan Murphy. So it is Alex versus Annalisa for the caboose award. Uh, do you have any feelings about that? Well, from the sounds of it, uh, Jen was the real outlier here based on what I heard in the podcast. It was unfortunate she even had to be in this stupid thing to begin with. Is that correct? Absolutely. She scored the second most points in the league, and yet she finished in seventh place. And then it sounds like she tried real hard to somehow lose to Alex Um anyway. That's like, what, an eight-point victory? Yeah. Uh, she did not have the best game uh, against Alex. And again, uh, Alex did not have a complete lineup. Uh, he had Will Fuller in a starting position who did not play. Also, he had the Saints defense for negative six. So if he had someone who scored any points and literally no defense, he would have beaten Jen and that would have been a real problem. It sounds like this is a guy who is not paying attention to his team. That is true. Alex has not set his lineup on a consistent basis in our league. Well, um, first off, I will say, sad to hear it about Alex, good friend of mine. I think he should be setting his lineup more consistently. But as a person, when I was involved in fantasy football, I always wanted dumb stuff to happen. I do kind of wish Alex's bogus team had beaten Jen and forced her to go to the loser game. That would have been admittedly funny, but very upsetting. (laughs) (laughs) Genuinely upsetting. (laughs) genuinely upsetting gen yes uh yeah that would have been bad that would have been a bad scenario so anyway jen now has no nothing left to play for so the people who win the first week of the playoffs in the constellation ladder there's no point in even setting your lineup after that because you're there's not a final standings that reflects the consolation winner it is only the losers that matter uh on the other side of the bracket we had me versus Gary, Gare Bear Nelson. Uh, and we had husband-wife combo. As mentioned, maybe I did not do the research, but I think maybe the second time in league history that husband and wife have played each other in the playoffs. 
Ooh. Nick versus Meg Collins. And uh, Nick destroyed Meg Collins, who had <sighs> had a very good, certainly like two-thirds of the season, but but tapered off a fair amount. Final score in that game, 123.8 for Nick. Very good score to 84.1 uh, for, for Meg. Uh, so... Nick is going to the quarterfinals and Meg goes home after having an almost record-breaking uh, start to the season. I think that makes sense. Cause first off, I'm pretty sure if you score 84 points in a league like this, you must lose a hundred percent of the time, right? That is exactly what the, st- the statistics say. Yes. Uh, you never win if you score fewer than a hundred points. Okay. And then I just, I have a lot of these. Uh, I <laughs> you're such know, a, you're, such an attentive listener. I appreciate it. I'm an avid listener. Mm-hmm. And I will also note, I just wanted to ask, uh, I hope this is good for Nick. Did he bet on himself? He did. Yes. He bet on himself in this match. So he, he did it correctly. But uh, yeah, so he did. He had a super good week. Obviously, if he did, he had the high score. Second high score of the week was uh, Meg Murphy. Well, of the people playing. Actually, Casey Johnson on his bye week had 112 points. Um, and then Meg Murphy had 110. Uh, so anyway, he would have beaten anyone. So if that was the championship week, Nick would be our champion. So crazy things happen. Uh, he was the sixth place team and barely squeaked in the playoffs because of Jen's misfortune. And yet he, uh, is comfortably into the quarterfinals. The other match, I barely edged out Gary, uh, final score 96.5 to 90.6. Uh, so I won by 5.9 points. And the big highlight of that uh, to point out, I had an okay week, obviously. I have had some bad performances out of... Uh, Tyler Lockett has sucked for me for a while. I had Juju Smith-Schuster, proud USC Trojan. He's been injured and terrible all year, so that didn't work out for me. So that was a sore spot. And I had Sony Michelle in the flex, who scored 0.9. So I, I hobbled together a uh, 96.5 but uh gary who lost by less than six points had negative seven at defense with the panthers playing atlanta so if he had no defense whatsoever he would have won by over a point uh but instead he got negative seven because the panthers crapped the bed 20 to 40 against the falcons uh so that is a tough way to go out uh of the season yeah, that's brutal. Uh, I, again, I'm not very tied to football. Is it was playing the Panthers defense against the Falcons a bad idea? Uh, it is. It wasn't a terrible idea. The Falcons have been very, as they often are. You are friends with our mutual friend Bill Kalish, a Falcons super fan who is like, I don't even know. He's like prominent in Falcons internet posting circles. Uh, they are very up and down, and they have been very up and down this season as well. So it was, it was certainly supposed to be a decent play. They were projected for seven point three points, and they got negative seven points. Ooh, mm-hmm. that's quite a swing. But it, it seemed like you were probably due some good fortune after you had you had. I, I saw you had quite a run of uh, terrible luck with your insanity tie losses or whatever. I lost two games that showed up as a tie. But again, I have to acknowledge I did have very good luck for the first three quarters of the season uh, having won a lot of games with me having a low score. So it, it was kind of a boomerang to neutral. And so I'm probably now on the being lucky side again. Like, it, yeah. 
if Jen had gone from having like the second most points to finishing in last, boosering. Ooh, there you go. Excellent. Someday if that happens, you should use that. You can, you can, yeah, I will. I'll make sure to uh, apply for the trademark on that one. So anyway, that was the week. So now, uh, you know, at the end of the episode, of course, we will look at the second round of the playoffs, the quarterfinals. So obviously that means Casey and Abby are now in the mix and we have a Sacco Bowl to talk about. So again, we have three matches that we will talk about for round two of the playoffs. But that is all I care to speak about, about round one. So you know what that means, John? Do you know what that means, John? I have no idea. Yes, sir. It's I know it's lame to uh, talk about it every time, but I actually love that theme song every time. It's so fun. It's very exciting when it comes in. Yes. Uh, We are at podcast halftime, which obviously is going to be really what we're going to talk about for the rest of the episode pretty much. So, uh, you know, we got some things, we got some things to talk about. Um, you know, first of all, uh, you know, John, I want to again, take the time to say thank you so much, sir, for, uh, inspiring me to even do this podcast because you did a podcast before I did and I blatantly ripped you off. So, so first part of the podcast halftime, thank you, John Rhodes for having the idea to have a podcast for friends. Uh, yeah, I definitely started having a podcast because before that I had an email to the Fantasy Football League. And one week I was literally like, I'm so fucking bored of writing this email. What if I just talked into a microphone instead? And I just tried to do that. And so it, it's certainly not a major innovation and is actually a, a moment of laziness. But I'm glad you've taken it. And now you make it like not even a lazy thing at all. You have all this crazy setup and music and stuff. I am too not lazy because literally <laughs> on the order of eight to 10 people listen to this. So it is, it is far too much time and material uh, put into this, but yes, but still it's fun. It is, it is fun to do what I want to talk about first. Uh, there's no elegant way to phrase it. Uh, but I was wondering if you have any experience because I have recently ranted about this to certain circles. Um, do you have any experience with friends who, always decide to make references to pop culture things notably in my cases two different cases the simpsons uh just all the time whenever a reference is applicable they must make it and you must show some sort of approval regardless of the memorableness of the line or the humor or uh any aspect that would actually provide redeeming value to such a reference. Do you have this experience, John? I generally don't talk to people in real life, so not really. Excellent. Um, well, I have two friends, one of which I see every workday because she's my office mate, uh, and it happens all the time with her. Another one is my high school friend who I don't see very much at all, but whenever I do, this happens all the time, uh, who's just constantly is referencing The Simpsons. Uh and I, myself, are you a Simpsons fan, John? I, I love The Simpsons very much, yeah. How how much, what uh, period of time were you or are you a Simpsons fan? I'd say when I was really little, I didn't like it. And then starting in about 2005, I started watching it and I never went back and saw anything else. 
So you are 2005 and earlier, all episodes you are a fan of. 2005 and later. Oh, 2005 and later. So you don't watch any of the old stuff. So I like like season 14, I think is good. And then it gets better from there. <laughs> that is a an absurd stance. I know it can't be true. No one feels this way. Not even Simpsons super fans. Uh, yeah, no. So no, I'm like everyone else. I think the first, the first season's weird. And then two through nine slash 10, whatever you want to say is amazing. And then I have no use for anything else. Yeah. I, yes, that's how I feel. However, so I, I loved, I didn't just like, I loved the Simpsons for an extended period of time, right around the same time. So for which me lines up around junior high, high school. Uh, and those were peak and excellent, and I love them. How did you watch The Simpsons during that time period? Uh, like when it was airing on TV. Uh, we, it was like how many times a day could you watch The Simpsons? Hmm. I probably, I would watch every new episode on Sunday for sure. Certainly. And I would probably, it was available every day in syndication, but I probably would only catch two a week in syndication, something like that. Two? So sounds like you didn't really like The Simpsons that much. Well, what were you doing the other days? <laughs> other things. So at, at uh, I went to IMSA for high school. And so we lived in dorms. And the dorms are all in the shape of an H. And so there's four wings. And so there's a common area in the middle, the bar of the H, if you will. And there's a TV there. And there's one TV in each of the wings. So there's five TVs in a common area in each of these dorms at IMSA. And like people were either playing video games or watching Simpsons or something like that, like all the time in the common area, like it was inescapable. And so I sometimes participated in watching it and sometimes did not, but it was, it was a constant presence for sure. Even if you, you could not avoid it if you wanted to, as I said, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really liked it. I had like some of the comic books. I had the first episode guide that was like the first like 12 seasons or something like that. I had this I have the CD Songs in the Key of Springfield that has a lot of their catchy tunes. Um I have the I have a few video games. I have uh the first one that, that I'm aware of it was for NES, uh, Bart versus the Space Mutants, and then Bart versus the World. So I have two NES Bart Simpson games. I have the Game Boy game Bart Simpson Escapes from Camp Deadly. Uh, I did not, unfortunately, get Virtual Bart for SNES, which was a pretty cool game. Had a lot of uh, surreal and diverse, unrelated games. Uh, like they were all, it was vir- It was supposed to be like virtual reality, uh, which is laughable now because virtual reality is a real thing and not a sci-fi future. But they, so because of the virtual reality theme, there were like lots of wildly different worlds with weird rules. Um, I didn't have that one. I did not have the crusty puzzle game that looked pretty cool. I had the crusty game. Uh, did you? <laughs> how, you how, was your experience? Did you get the mice out of his factory yep, or something? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with that. Uh, I, I remember very little else other than like, I think he had a hammer and he had to like sort the mice into certain areas and they'd go out the hole. So I had a, I had a great time with the crusty game. And I was always, of course, a big fan of the Simpsons arcade game, which was super fun. Uh, yeah. It was a great beat em up. The team up attacks were always a blast. Um, I never, because those quarter mentioning arcade games are very hard. I could never get past like the second or third level without spending a ton of money. 
Uh, so I never saw the end of it or anything like that, but it was, I, I loved it. Uh, so anyway, I, I had an infatuation, I would say, with The Simpsons during that time period. However, perhaps more so than other hard Simpsons fans, uh, I maybe my fall off was more severe. I don't, I don't watch reruns at all anymore. I definitely, obviously, don't watch new episodes. Um, so I, I have stopped consuming Simpsons media since approximately sometime in high school and and really haven't revisited since then but like at the time i was very obsessed i knew all the the quotes big fan uh knew all the plot lines and inter- intricate detail that sort of thing so my friend and coworker eunice uh she tells me <laughs> she uh had very limited access to media as a child um they had like eight movies on vhs tape including several arnold schwarzenegger movies for some reason she is korean and she has two sisters there's three uh sisters and she was raised mostly by her mom so is uh four korean women uh with very limited media access and uh but she became obsessed with the simpsons and still is obsessed with the simpsons but primarily the older stuff so she's not like so misguided that she loves the new stuff or anything like that but she very often, if there's anything related to a Simpsons reference, she will make that Simpsons reference and then will express disgust with me if I do not appreciate it adequately or if I don't recognize it. I'll say, I'll, like, if she says something that makes no sense, my default is like, is that a Simpsons quote? And almost all the time, the answer is yes. So my stance is that these references that are not memorable lines from famous episodes and are not intrinsically funny are very aggravating. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It happens all the time. And I have somewhat gently, I think pushed back and said like, yeah, that's like a quote, I guess. Like now that you mention it, I can understand that is a quote that subject matter wise is uh, tangentially related to what we're experiencing right now. However, it wasn't like a famous line and it wasn't like funny. And she just thinks that the the making of the reference is a thrill for her. And she actually said that um, part of the reason that she uh, got in a relationship with her now husband was because of their mutual love of an absurd amount of Simpsons references. So obviously this is meaningful for her. And and any time that you're making obscure references with a group of friends, it is obviously just like an in-group dynamic thing. Uh, and so I understand it being sort of like your own jargon that you show that you belong in the group. You have a, a, a common frame of reference. I understand the value of that. But like when you are with someone who you know isn't doing that and then just are disappointed with them. Like it doesn't add one in 10. I will get, and she will be sad. She'll be pleased that I get it. Um, but most of the time I don't. So it's not like we are bonding over this together. It is just a source of mutual aggravation. Yeah. A lot to unpack there. First off, I I think you're right. I think when you go into, when you, when you decide I'm going to make a reference to this show because it kind of applies it kind of applies to the conversation i'm within the goal should be that if you don't get the reference the thing i say is funny it's a funny thing to say in this situation 
And then if you do get the reference, that person will give you less credit for being funny, <laughs> but then they'll give you credit for instead saying a thing from The Simpsons that is funny. Mm -hmm. She doesn't appear to be uh, even attempting to achieve this end. And instead, it's just, I can say this thing I know from a show. It doesn't, it's not even a joke. It doesn't make for, you know, a comedic effect in this situation. It's just a thing from the show that fits into the conversation here. Exactly. That is, that is what happens. And, and I would say again, my other friend from high school and, and Morris, actually, I knew him before high school. Uh, he does this perhaps even more frequently and with both the Simpsons and Futurama and we'll just constantly drop the references and kind of like at you knowingly, like waiting for the reaction. Uh, and again, it is like purely a reference for references sake every time. Uh, and so my friend Eunice uh, sent me a post that she saw on Instagram that was on this topic. And I thought it was funny and extremely illustrative of my problem with this. So the, the post on Instagram uh, was just a, one of those, just a block of text as as people do and then react to have you ever dropped a simpsons reference to someone who you were sure would understand but instead you looked completely insane so yuna sent me that uh instagram post saying oh and she said yes yes i have in response to that so she's saying yes i do very frequently make a simpsons reference and people look at me like i'm insane and then she sent another screenshot and presumably this would be people responding to that instagram post uh, but this person said, and this is an ex an extremely apt example in my mind. This is obviously not a quote that Eunice has made to me because this is a quote of someone who typed this on Instagram, but this is very representative of the sort of quote she does. Here's what it says by uh, Bob McLennan. Let's put him on blast. I work at an animal hospital. So when we're giving anesthesia for a dental or neuter or something, I'll often say, quote, Hold still while I gas you, end quote. But I have to be very careful that everyone in earshot understands the joke. That's the entire uh, statement. And so in this guy's mind, saying the phrase, hold still while I gas you, is a joke. And he thinks it's funny, but doesn't want to say it in, in the wrong company of non-Simpson superfans. I verified, so to me, this was exactly emblematic of the problems of these references, because it is not memorable enough to me to be a good quote, and it is not intrinsically funny. Yes, you, yeah. I, did, I disagree, though. It, I think it's a great quote. Everybody remembers Blue Velvet <laughs> and that hilarious scene where he gasses that woman to death. <laughs> yes, it, it is uh, not that. No, I verified uh -huh. what it was, and this was from one of the most famous Simpsons episodes, I'd say, uh, the one where... Uh, Homer gets in charge of the union and has to um, negotiate for dental uh, benefits because Lisa needs braces. And there's this the Lisa needs braces. dental plan. Lisa needs braces. Uh, and the and the tartar sauce and the whoop, 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 spinning in circles. Very good episode. This line is not one of the great. Exactly. Lines so that ep this is from that episode. This is this is the part where Lisa is at the dentist's office. And he is, uh, he first says, essentially, there's nothing to worry about. I'm just going to show you some of the equipment that we have to use 
Uh, and then they're all very scary instruments, cartoonishly scary, if you will, uh, with like saws and stabbers and pokers. And then he says at the end, um, hold still while I gas you. And so the entire joke from that scene within context of this episode itself, with the full context laid out, is a dentist saying, don't worry. There's nothing to worry about. And then it actually being very scary. And that is the whole joke. And this person is saying this to dogs that he is participating in having procedures done. And this episode I looked up is from 26 years ago. So this is over a quarter century old, a non-memorable line from a very famous episode of The Simpsons that is not a joke even in within the context of the episode and isn't definitely not a joke outside the context of the episode. And this guy, he did not say, I hope people get the reference. He said, I have to be very careful, very in all caps that everyone in earshot understands the joke. So the dog of course would be the primary person who's within earshot. Uh, He wants to make sure that the dog understands the joke that is actually scary to be neutered. Um, and this is my problem with, with this genre of reference. And I think it is it is a very crystallized example. It's a great example. I mean, the whole, the whole point, I think you're making it very well here, is that very few jokes do not require context. But no reference requires context. You can just throw anything into anything, but you haven't actually done anything. You have to wait until a time when it would be funny to say the gas thing. They haven't done that. They just found the first opportunity. Oh, I got some gas in my hand. And they say the gas thing. Not a joke. Not funny. You've removed the context. You've done nothing but like be a computer that remembers a line. Yeah. And I wonder what percentage of people do get the joke according to the person telling the joke. Like, I think I would recognize that as a line from something I probably remember, but I've seen that episode a ton of times. I would not be able to just pick out, oh yeah, this is the thing the dentist says after showing someone scary instruments. Yeah. No way. Yeah. So I feel increasingly strongly about this. I have, I have been radicalized in my opposition to this type of reference. And uh, you, you know what you have to do the next time your friend makes a reference you don't like what should i do you look her right in the eye and say hold still while i gas you (laughs) there you go i'm sure that would that would probably go well she'd be like oh that's funny that's the simpsons good one simpsons hilarious i believe at that uh this is podcast halftime halftime which is a new invention by me which means it's time to go where we haven't been in weeks the no snitch corner that's right we're gonna go to the no snitch corner which by the way i haven't done in a while because a i felt bad about the segment and b the uh whole premise of the no snitch corner was violated because someone found out about the no snitch corner so it that is why it is a dead segment but i've decided now is the perfect time to bring it because i have none other than john rhodes on the podcast let's snitch my friend uh john welcome to the no snitch corner where we complain about people who do not listen to the podcast. I'll go first because I want to hear what you have to say. I will uh, just have a quick complaint about old, reliable, who never listens, Megan Murphy. I'm going to say this. Uh, Megan, 
you never listen to the podcast. It hurts my feelings a little bit. Uh, you are intermittently invested in fantasy football, which is fine. It's not for everyone. Uh, but here's the thing. You scored 110 points in the week after you were done and you were just trying to avoid going to the Boost Bowl. Uh, you destroyed Annalisa by 49 points, and uh, it was more than enough uh, to get in. Sorry, 39 points. Uh, you, you, you really overshot the target there. You didn't care, and now you go nuts. So my complaint is just uh you know get it together just a few weeks earlier and maybe every once in a while say a nice thing about me about doing the podcast that's all that's all i have to say to megan murphy i want to apologize to everyone i didn't know that this was like i knew this this segment hadn't happened in a while i didn't know somebody somebody snitched who snitched honestly uh there was never there wasn't like any dramatic uh turn i think maybe jen told megan about it i don't even remember it was not at all an event uh, there's nothing to apologize for, I assure you. Now, is that, is that the extent of the snitching? Yeah, there's, there was no big deal. So Alex still doesn't know. Oh, yeah, that is certainly... Okay, in that case, I retract my apology completely. Uh, I, I can't believe... What the fuck is Alex Sum doing on listening to this excellent podcast? Well, John, if you were listening to some of my listeners' corners, I uh, mentioned how he was an avowed fan of your podcast. Uh, could you give me any pointers for attracting the attention of one Alex Um, who claims he has nothing but time to listen to podcasts because he's on the road a lot for his job. What's your secret? I will say, first off, Alex has been on my podcast. Maybe that's where I got my hooks in him. He's been on my podcast. But beyond? Not this season. He's been on. But he's been on before. Um, I guess I would just say improve quality. <laughs> Good advice. That's really solid. No, I, I'm obviously kidding. I, I got to tell you, I, it, it confounds me. If somebody made a podcast, how many people are in your lane? Ten? Ten people. Mm-hmm. Somebody made a podcast that was about me 10% of the time, I am certain I would listen. And I'm sure I would, because of my complaint, I would take care he is overrepresented, I bet. <laughs> He's probably more like 14%. Yeah. At very least in the episodes in which uh, the snitch corner happens, which... Since he has not been ratted out, do uh, ratted to should probably be every episode forever from now. Probably on. yes. Now, I will say, did did the snitching make uh, uh, make Murphy listen? No, she still hasn't listened. <laughs> That's why I'm completely comfortable continuing to complain about her. People are very different. If there like, if there was a show on the internet and somebody was like, "Hey, this show on the internet talks about you," sometimes. Would, how long would it take you to listen to Not that? Not especially if it was made by a friend or relative by marriage of mine. Now, if it was made by a stranger, I think I'd listen even yeah, faster. I guess that's true. It'd probably be like, "Here's John Rose's social security number." <laughs> that's yeah, true. Bullshit like that. But either way, it, it it confounds me to think that. Oh yeah, like here here's some fun info on. He must just hate your fucking league. Yeah, I guess. He also, he like, as I said, did not set his lineup several weeks uh, and is like by far the lowest scoring. He was way more competent in your league where he is, uh, he took over for your team with the law school friends. He did totally fine, totally adequately, uh, wasn't an all-star or anything, but did fine and set his lineup pretty much every week. So sometimes you have to wonder if this is more of a a bottom-up problem or a top-down problem. I wonder if this is like a commissioner issue. <laughs> so either way, I'm in trouble, is what you're saying. You're not giving him the guidance he needs. He doesn't feel the pressure. 
Well, he is well on his way to earning the inaugural boost. So maybe I was going to say it sounds like he's about to be the boost, and that's very maybe that will so. be a wake up call for him. Anyway, need something. That concludes podcast halftime. Halftime, the No Snitch Corner. It's funky. You gotta feel that bass. See now, like I could just say like slap at the bass, and that would be a reference, and it'd be on topic, and it's kind of intrinsically funny because it's just a funny Ooh. way to talk about uh, playing the bass. I think I like the thing about the gas when you're talking to the dog more than I like slapping the bass right okay. there. Well, I wouldn't do. I didn't. I wasn't going to do it. I only did it as an example of a thing I could do, and in my opinion, would be slightly better, but it's still not appropriate. Anyway, uh, I would like to move on, and I'm going to steal from you yet again, my friend. And besides the entire concept of a podcast for your group of ten to twelve friends, you always end your episodes. By the way, everyone who does not listen to the John Rhodes uh, podcast, which is now called Sauce Talk should go ahead and do that especially if you went to law school with john Rhodes, because it's fun every time and involves a lot of your friends and has nothing to do with fantasy football so if you're not in that league there's no barrier to entry uh but anyway he ends the episode with his guests asking if they have any plugs and so i'm going to conclude podcast halftime by discussing plugs john Rhodes, do you have any plugs I have an anti-plug. I'd like to go against you. I don't necessarily recommend that people who enjoy this <laughs> podcast listen to mine. Uh, and I mean that sincerely. If if you like Pat's, mine is is a lot is not necessarily the same. I feel like the the vibe Pat is more jovial and I I tend to get madder about stuff. I don't think it necessarily follows that if you know like Pat's podcast, you're going to like mine. And also we mostly talk about sauce. If you don't like sauces, I don't. For, for one thing, you may not be welcome, and certainly you're probably not going to enjoy it. I would. I mean, I don't think I want to be friends with people who don't like sauce. So you know, just get out of here too if you don't want to listen to sauce talk. <laughs> That's the real. What we need is we need one group of people who listen to both pod. Alex, you better be in the circle. But one group of people who listen to both podcasts, and then everybody else is out on It's both. you, me, and Jen. <laughs> I think that's for sure the limit of that. <laughs> so we should be best friends. I it, it sounds like it's done. And as best friends, uh, you know what we should do is we should play Pokemon Go together. Oh, is this a plug? Boy, this is my first plug. I really enjoy Pokemon Go, you guys. I know it came out a few years ago, and it was it, it was like a big fad. And people enjoyed it. And then you may have even picked it up. And you may have been like, well, there's not really that much to do in Pokemon Go. And that was very true. And I was right there with you. But then a few months ago, I, I uh, my, my girlfriend was like, hey, uh, I need, I have a research task. And I need somebody to send me gifts. And I need a new friend to do that. So you need to get a Pokemon Go account. And so I picked it up. And I started playing. And I, was, I just fell right into it. And now it's a, a daily part of my routine. And it's not really a game I think about playing all the time, but it's like a game that I just, it appends itself to like the things I would do in my life anyway. And so when I'm in a new place, I go, I'll see if they got any good stops here. See if they got any good, uh, a gym I can go take over. Just like walking around, waiting for the bus or wherever I am. It's a fun thing to do. And I, especially if you live in a big city, it's really easy to jump into. I highly recommend it. I think even if you don't have a huge background, 
I think that it's not too hard to jump in and learn about which Pokemon you love the most. But it, especially if you do, oh my God, it's just, it's so much fun. And you can go out there and see if you can get you a Litwick and it would be the best time. <laughs> uh, so I have a couple questions. So I did uh, participate in the fad when it was initially, re- I resisted very briefly. Like I resisted like two weeks and then I was like, okay, let's do this. This is probably fun. <laughs> and so I went way into it and I had fun. And uh, one of my favorite pictures on my phone is of this was right around when lily was born when it was first getting popular and so it's like the summer after she was born so she's like two three four months old uh so one of my favorite pictures on my phone is of lily as like a three-month-old on the changing pad with a rattata attacking her uh and uh so yeah i uh i had my fling with pokemon go and i lasted a decent amount of time i had some fun with it uh i definitely stopped playing several months after uh like the the whole summer for sure i played it and then i Mm -hmm. slowly dwindled after that and never got back into it um i have one friend who is super into it actually and i have a coworker who's super into it uh the friend who's super into it had two phones with him for pokemon going he has been to pokemon go fest in chicago uh i think he went to the first one that was a unmitigated disaster that people hated and got uh like refunds for because it was so bad uh and then i have a coworker who's super into it and i when i first started playing it i when i had it on at my desk at work um i work it next to water tower place in chicago and so there's a lot of stops nearby there's sure. a gym nearby and for some reason in my office, my GPS went crazy, and so I was constantly getting credit for walking around a bunch. Uh, so I was getting like oh, this free different free distance and getting close enough to do uh, poke stops all the time. And I was like, man, well, this is pretty, this is pretty cool, pretty good spot for this. But I was like, I just, I'm not going to keep doing this. So I, I, I fell off. So I have not played with all the new features that have come out. So my question to you is, did was it your did you say that you didn't do it at all until so you started for the first time when Gina was like, Hey, I need you to be a friend and do this for me. Or did you start a long time ago and then get back into it? No, I, I played the game. I, I think it was 2016 when it first came out and I like many people did. I played it for a couple months and I liked it, but then eventually it's like the gym system was terrible and they're just like, there wasn't that much to do. Yeah. And I just got very bored of it. And then I just, I put it away. And then when I picked it back up, I on it, I had no idea where my old password and stuff was. I created a new account and started from scratch. And it's been a markedly different experience this time. Yeah, my problem with it was, it was fun. I liked the incentive to get out and about, go to certain spots. And when it was very popular, you would always see other people that you could tell were playing Pokemon Go. It was very communal. It was very new and fun and exciting. Um, so it was fun to like, do the rounds. There's also, I current, I live a bunch next to a bunch of Frank Lloyd Wright houses and a park. And so there's a lot of stops and a gym very close to my apartment. And so I could do like one walk down the block and back and get like six stops in a gym or something like that. Um, and so it was very, it was like a good place to do it. Casey Johnson visited me. He lived in Chicago and he visited and we did it together because it's such a like, you know, rich vein of good Pokemon. Um, so that was cool, but game, it was purely the gameplay itself was not very satisfying. The battle was no kind of battle. You just tapped on the screen 
you didn't have any strategy other than trying to have a very strong Pokemon, possibly with a good matchup, but there's no choosing your attacks and, you know, doing uh, cool stuff. So it was, it was just not fun enough to play once you kind of got your routine down and got a whole bunch of Pokemon. And so that's why I stopped. I, I think the game has improved a lot. It, the, the, uh, <clears throat> the battling system is more complicated, not deeply so, but also especially your uh, matchup types uh, matter a lot more than they did back then. And so it's much more relevant that like, oh, well, you know, I have, a really good team except actually i don't have any you know really good fire types and then you just get crushed when you needed the mm-hmm. fire types and so it does give you more of an incentive to continue to try to build and level up your team um i will also say that they now have uh raids which is like the thing in every big multiplayer game now and those are really fun and especially like my favorite thing is honestly uh gina and i uh will play and then like we know about the level where we can take down a raid with just the two of us. Nice. And so it's very exciting to be like, oh, there's a four-star raid over here. We can't do a five-star SDR, but there's a four-star raid that's right in our range, and we'll walk over there, and then it's very exciting to see if we've actually got the team ready for it, and then like, oh, well, this is a stupid rock type, and we're not going to, we don't have anything close to this type of four-star raid, and back and forth. I like it a lot. There you go. There you go. Well, I'm going to piggyback on that with two plugs that essentially, when you put them in a blender... Our Pokemon Go. That is number one, the movie Pokemon Detective Pikachu. I saw it. I wanted to see it when it was in theaters, but I have an eight-month-old and uh, was unable to see it. And so we finally saw it. it. I've been doing a lot of uh, getting myself on the hold list for new releases on Blu-ray at my library. And so I've been... Because time, I don't, I don't have to see it tonight. I don't have to see it tomorrow. If I get it in three weeks, that's fine. That's an equally opportune time to see this movie I wanted to see in theaters six months ago. Uh, so anyway, I finally got from the library Pokemon Detective Pikachu, and it was a delight. I thought it would be fun and silly. I was afraid that it would not pull off its silliness and actually be terrible and awkward, but I was hoping for the best and it was totally fun and I liked it a lot and uh, it was very funny. The ending is a little bit dumb, I acknowledge, but overall it was great. Uh, The Pokemon are just uncomfortable enough looking to make it really weird. It's kind of has like a Howard the Duck vibe where they're a little grimy, a little too realistic. Pikachu is obviously the main character uh, as far as the Pokemon go, and he's very cute. They did a they they thoroughly kept Pikachu cute, but a lot of them look real gross, and I think that was really a, a feature, not a bug. Uh, and it was just fun, and so I highly recommend it, especially for those Pokemon fans. John, have you seen Detective Pikachu? Oh, I have to say, this is the absolute best kind of plug. Because you've already made this plug to me, and I've already followed through on it. You mentioned that this was good, and I watched it, and oh my god, did I have a great time! Oh, good, it. I'm so happy. So, if anybody out there is like me and is on the fence, or like I wasn't even on the fence, I had like no, I knew that this movie existed, but I was not really on my radar to watch. But then Pat was like, "Oh, you seem to be talking about Pokemon stuff. Do you like this?" And I was like, "I haven't watched it. I'm going to watch it." I had such a good time with it. Uh, and, and just as Pat says, if you have, even if you don't, 
there's the Pokemon are so cute and so fun. You'll have a great time. But if you do have any familiarity with them, like it's like a Machamp comes in and he's got those four arms and he uses them because he's like directing traffic out there. And then the squirrels roll in and they help put out the fires. There's so much fun, cute stuff that you get to watch the Pokemon do in the real world. I don't, I, if, if you're me, this is what you want to see in a movie. Exactly. It was so good, right? And I thought the guy who played the kid, who was a detective slash formerly aspiring Pokemon trainer, I thought he was a delight. I didn't know that guy at all. Uh, Same. I thought he was great. Very I thought he was great. Uh, the one concern some people have, and I believe when we first discussed it, you might have expressed was concern over Ryan Reynolds, perhaps him not being to your taste. Uh, and, uh, how did you feel about his performance? I, I thought he came through fantastically well. I, I would not have said beforehand like, oh yeah, that's the guy who should be the voice of Pikachu and I will totally buy it. But then but after like a minute, you just stop thinking about Ryan Reynolds. You're like, yeah, that's what Detective Pikachu sounds like. We got to solve this fucking mystery. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Well, I'm so really delighted am. that you saw it and that you liked it. That makes me very happy. It was great. Uh, so the other tie-in plug that I wanted to do was a game that I have to check in on every day. So so we got the Pokemon and we got the game that I'm compulsively checking every day uh, briefly. And that is a game that my friend Zuyan exposed me to. It is... It is not an app on the phone. It is just a website. And that website is hryanjones.com slash guess hyphen my hyphen word. The game is called Guess My Word. It is exactly that. So it is a very simple website. It's like a white screen with black text. It says... Guess my word, submit. And you put in any word that is acceptable in the Scrabble dictionary, and you click submit, and it will say, my word is before that in the alphabet. Or it will say, my word is after that in the alphabet. And that is all. And you have to figure out what the word is just by guessing different words that are acceptable words. Uh, And... It is addictive, and so there's one word for the whole world in a given day. So everybody has the same word uh, for today, December, whatever. Uh, And so once you get it, it'll say how many guesses you took and how long you took. There's not a visible timer when you're submitting words, but when you get the word, uh, it tells you how many guesses it took and how long it took time-wise. And you can, there's a hot, there's a leaderboard. And so then you can put in whatever name you want, including very long names that some people have, uh, and click submit. And then you can see how everyone who decided to submit their score did today. Uh, and so then you can say, oh, I did well today. I got it in 12 guesses. That's pretty good for a large bulk of the words in the English language. You know, it. I, I feel like I narrowed it down pretty quickly. Uh, and, oh, I was a little slow, though. I was not cruising through. It took me about six minutes, even though I only did 12 guests. Uh, and then there's a button, and you can click the hard word of the day. And so there's a second word of the day that is hard. And there is, of course, this is a very simple website that does not explain itself. It is just the game and the leaderboard, essentially. So there's not any elucidated criteria for what is the normal word of the day and what is the hard word of the day. 
obviously it is something to do with the commonness of the word. And the normal word of the day is always a very simple word, pretty much. They're like often four or five letters long and like pretty basic. And the hard word of the day is more obscure, but not like super. There's never been a word of the day that I don't know. They're not like super obscure or anything like that. The, the hard word is sometimes annoyingly a conjugate of a different word. And so when you're trying to get it between, it starts with these five letters and you guessed everything you could think of and you got it before and after and you're like, Oh my God, it's just that. But like with ing at the end, that's annoying. Um, but anyway, it's very addicting because it's surprisingly simple, but fun. And one, the real, the only strategy it's, it's pretty random, obviously how well you do. Uh, obviously, the strategy is to try to cut in half the universe of words with every guess to get there quickly. Uh, so that is what everyone who is trying to do this will do. And then the other thing that you can learn is kind of just to overall get a feel for about how uncommon the word is in the two different lists. There's no real skill involved. It is not hard to win, but it's satisfying. And here's the thing about it. Why do I have to do it every day, John? A couple days ago, I realized there's a link at the top of the leaderboard. <laughs> and there's not just a daily list. There's an all-time list. And I didn't even know this existed. And it might not have existed because maybe he just added it. Uh, but it keeps an all-time list. And the all-time list is not for how good you are, like how many guesses it takes or how long it takes. It is purely with what they call is sorted by your weekly play rate, which just means... On average, since you started playing, how many games per week did you start? And I am almost at the top of the worldwide leaderboard because I'm tied wow. at 7.0 in both the regular word and the hard word. And my streak is uh, 19 words long. I've done it for 19 days straight in normal. And I've done it for 18 days straight in hard, I think. And I am almost at the top of the world. And now I literally cannot stop. Because if I do, my daily rate will be not 7.0 and I will drop dozens or hundreds of spots below everyone else who has had a continuous streak. And so I am compelled to continue playing. This is a good plug. I want to play this game. It is a little disheartening to know that I'm basically my only hope for being... I, I just I have to know I have to like root for you to die if I'm going to pass you on this list. It sounds like yes, no. You will. You literally cannot. The only nothing else, and I have to hope you, you die and like your phone falls in a pit at the same time, and nobody else picks up your phone and starts keeping it going. Yeah, there are a couple of people who are out of order in the number of plays, so it is clearly sorted by weekly play rate, uh, and then is and then it is sub sorted almost 100% by number of plays. But there's a couple of people out of order. And I, and again, this website does not explain itself. I have no idea why, for instance, uh, Hi-Ho Silver, who has a 17-day streak, is uh, below Susan here now with a 16-day streak. I don't get it. I don't get it, man. Uh, it doesn't seem to be based on your median number of guesses or your best number of guesses. Uh, I, I have no idea, but it is inscrutable and addictive and I cannot stop and everyone should try it. 
what is your username on there? It is very... I didn't know that I was going to keep playing this. Uh, the first time I did it, uh, I just put it in because I, I just put Pat P. P-A-T space P. So when you see Pat P at the top of those leaderboards, that is your dear friend, Pat Polk. Um, Abby... That is a... Go ahead. That, that's a relief to me that it's Pat P because I've been friends with you on other services and I've seen your name on there as Pat Polk. If your whole name's on there, someone might come to your house and kill you. Yeah. If I'm like number so, five worldwide and they I, want to be number five. Yeah. They might say like, pretty easy. Only five people to kill. Yeah. Uh, One of them, Pat Polk go to his house. Yeah. I, I didn't, when it's completely unknown like that, I have some concerns about, you know, it's privacy. Good. So I was like, sure. I'll, I'll make sure that it's, obviously me but uh yeah i am i'm pat i'm p-a-t-p-o-l-k one word and a lot of websites uh so i don't that makes sense good but i actually i actually have been playing this as well my name on there is hi ho silver oh yeah well you're below me then so ha oh, damn it. although damn you it. are uh often the first person of the day so they do it right at whatever time they reset the clock from one day to the next they are like very often the first correct guesser of the day um but yeah there's some most people have fake names. I did not think of that because I didn't know what I was doing. There's one that's really funny every day now. <laughs> uh, just a second. Some, as I said, they do not seemingly have like a character limit. And so some of them take up multiple lines on the leaderboard. <laughs> so Joe, J-O was one. And then someone did the username. Joe is my ID. Stop stealing it in all caps. And now <laughs> someone is quote, Joe is my ID. Stop stealing it. End quote. Is my ID. Stop stealing it. And I think that's very, very nice. funny. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so I'm always rooting for Joe is my ID. Stop stealing it. Is my ID. Stop stealing it to do well each day. And that's it. That's my second plug. Uh, what is your plug, my friend? I am going to do the same thing you did. I have two plugs that kind of go together. So I'll do them together. Uh, <clears throat> my, my second plug is what I'm going to call the adult Although it's, I don't want to get, don't get too crazy with the idea adult, but the adult uh, advent calendar. Okay. I don't know why, but for whatever reason, in like mid-October this year, I thought I should make an advent calendar for my girlfriend, Gina. And honestly, and, and it, it builds up to Christmas, just like a traditional advent calendar. And honestly, my entire hook was I thought I can buy, this will be fun because I can buy little airplane bottles of alcohol and put them in all the days that are Friday and Saturday. And I thought that'll be cool because then on every Friday and Saturday, she'll get a little thing and then I'll just come up with other stuff to put in the other ones. And so I went on Etsy and I bought an an advent calendar that someone made and it's very cute. And I put stuff in all the days and a lot of the days have candy and a lot of the days that are Friday and Saturday have very small bottles of alcohol and other days have Christmas ornaments that she can add to our tree that are a surprise. And there are other things that I won't even reveal on this podcast because they have not been opened yet. There you go. That's pretty fun. But it's been really fun. I've had a great time doing it. And it's like a, a, a nightly thing when we both are home, she goes out and gets it. The, and as a fun bonus, uh, the advent calendar pockets are not as big as I thought they would be. And so some of the things I bought do not fit in them, which means I got to do the fun bonus of buying a very small uh, passcode protected 
lockbox. And so on some days I put a code in the thing and then she has to, then like the box is usually someplace kind of hidden, but not really. But then she has to go get the box and use the code to open it. And then she gets her thing there. So it's just another fun step. So just to do weird projects with your significant other is my, my real plug there. Let me tell you, John, this applies to me as well. I think that's a delight. I'm so happy that you do that. Uh, Jennifer Murphy, big fan of advent calendars. Ooh, I like it. And uh, I'm going to pull something up to the camera that others won't be able to see, but I'm going to talk about it. So one second. Okay. So I do not have an advent calendar for Jen, but Jen is super into advent calendars. And so she decided to do an advent calendar for Lily. Also last year, or maybe the year before, she did an advent calendar for her sister, Megan. So Jen likes doing advent calendars. So this is what we have for Lily. Oh my God, I love it. Anyway, it's a little little choo-choo train with it's a beautiful train, 24 yes. little tiny drawers. As an advent calendar might. And these drawers are real little because you have to fit 24 of them on a little tiny train. Uh, so you cannot fit anything in here. So here's what we do in our little tradition, which maybe you can incorporate into your own adult advent calendar tradition. Uh, Lily is a small child. She's uh, three and a half. Last year, around this time, she was two and a half. So she does not have too much higher level abstract thinking ability. You know, she's a child. So I wanted to make puzzles for her, for her advent calendars. and uh, But they had to be very simple because she's a child. And so what we've done is draw a diagram of things that... Uh, hopefully she can recognize from the apartment and then the present is hidden in that spot and she can find it and enjoy it. And so we do this every day. Uh, and I'm going to try and find a decent one because some of them are terrible. Uh, so like this one. Oh, wow. Yeah. She has a little chair that's covered in elephants and then a cubby next to it. Uh, and so I drew a chair covered in elephants and the cubby and then a little shaded area with an arrow next to it to show that the present was hidden under the elephant chair. <laughs> uh, as I said, not the most complicated. Oh, this one, let me tell you, I learned through this process. I'm not, you know, I'm not the best drawer or anything. Uh, I, I'm okay sometimes at a specific set of things. I found out that it is both very easy and I'm very good at drawing Christmas trees. It's very easy to draw a good Christmas tree as long as you're systematic about it. So this one, Wow, that is a really good Christmas tree. You just you just draw the um the the main branches, and then you just systematically just draw little angled pine co- uh, pine needles going out, and it just looks like a good Christmas tree. It's very easy to do. Anyway, so there's a bag next to the Christmas tree, and inside that bag was her next present. And so anyway, every day we've been doing this, and uh, with a child. It's, it's a mixed success for two reasons. One, because sometimes she does not instantly recognize the thing that I tried to draw because there's only so many places you can hide things and she will get frustrated if she doesn't get it. And two, you know, she's not always the best at receiving minor gifts. She might be disappointed by it and therefore be upset. <laughs> All of this work for nothing. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, oh, this one was good. I was proud of it because there's a book called The Pout Pout Fish. And I drew the cover of the Pout Pout Fish pretty well. If you knew what the cover of the Pout Pout Fish looked like, you would say, hey, that's a very good drawing of the Pout Pout Fish cover. Uh, And she got, so some of them she gets really fast, but then uh, like a couple of times she's like, 
this isn't a fun thing. <laughs> and so it's very disappointing that we got her, you know, on the order of 24 small Christmas gifts. And sometimes she's a little bit of a brat about it. But it's a fun thing. So anyway, my point is, hey, I'm on board for uh, complicated advent calendars. Yours is more fun because it involves booze. Uh, but we do this literally every day. I think that's really great. And it, it kind of inspires me. I am going to be sure to credit you uh, tomorrow when I take the code for Gina's next thing and write it out and then just cut it up into pieces and throw all the shreds in there and tell Gina it's a puzzle and she has to figure <laughs> out what to go to. Yeah, you're going to have to make the puzzles a lot harder for Gina than I make for Lily. And so you, it should be truly punishing for her to find it, her present. You know what? If I do that, she'll look at me and say, this isn't a fun thing. Yeah, exactly. and that will be the <laughs> uh, Well, that's fun. I, I love that you're doing it. I, which also makes me realize I should definitely do this for Jen because she obviously loves it so much. Uh, it sounds like a good idea. Maybe even like a little mini one. Get it, You can do a halfway. Yeah. Coming right up. Oh. Right there. Yeah. Well, that's a delight, John. Uh, I'm going to, you know, we, got, we should wrap up this halftime. It's been going long. Uh, so I'm going to slam together a few more movies that also I've talked about pretty recently. So nothing, nothing of this will be a surprise. Uh, one talked about on the podcast going to reiterate it because i'm here with you a simple favor my friend i still owe you the simple favor of watching this uh, apparently fantastic movie it's free with amazon prime it is one of the strangest movies i've ever seen it is it goes off the rails so very far but it is very fun highly recommend it I, I I do it, it is kind of a bad look on my part. I'm pretty sure I paid like six dollars to watch Detective Pikachu like two days after you mentioned it. And yet a simple favor sits on Amazon Prime totally free whenever I want to and I just can't be bothered. Uh, you you certainly are under no obligation to watch a simple favor. This is it's not I, a bad I want look. To watch as soon as you said Detective Pikachu is actually very good and there are so many good Pika- so many good Pokemon in it. I simply had no choice but to drop everything and watch yeah. it. Whereas I'm getting around to uh, a simple favor. Another one that we have talked about a while, uh, and it just came up again because I was trying to put together a list of top movies of the decade, uh, is Only Lovers Left Alive. Have to strongly recommend for those who haven't seen it. Uh, it's a Jim Jarmusch movie. Uh, it is very good. It is purely a movie about its vibes but it completely succeeds in the vibes that it's going for. It just has a great feeling. It's very, not a lot happens to be honest. It is not action packed, but it is never boring in my mind. Uh, It kind of, as far that only lovers left alive and uh, crash are very, uh, no drive. I mean, drive good Lord. I mean, drive drive (laughs) are uh, the most like, vibey successful at doing the thing they're doing movies and i love them both so much uh and in a similar way uh so only love left alive i would put on the same plane uh as as the movie drive and then the last one that i recommend because it is very timely would be jumanji welcome to the jungle the first new jumanji movie with the rock because the second new jumanji movie the next level comes out tomorrow thursday uh and i'm very excited to see that and so i anyone who has not yet caught jumanji welcome to the jungle i extremely strongly recommend it because it was surprisingly hilarious 
These sound like great recommendations. I haven't seen either. Uh, I sure do love Drive. So if we were comparing movies to Drive, as far as being, you know, just about a good vibe, a good feel, that is the highest of high praise to me. And then uh, I believe we've also discussed how the uh, the Rock is kind of fun in movies, and if he's in the Fun Jumanji movie, it's probably a good time. Yep, highly recommend. Need to get on that. Do you have any more? That was my. I'm gonna call it on mine. Do you have any more? Uh, I have no other plugs. All right. Well, I enjoyed that, and and we had so much common ground. It really uh, makes me grateful. It, like I can't believe Thanksgiving is over because I am thankful for our conversation <laughs> and series of interrelated plugs. And with that, sadly, concludes podcast halftime. Yes, sir. That was podcast. Thank you for listening. How's your first podcast halftime experience, John? Very startling at the beginning and end, but otherwise smooth sailing in between. Excellent. Uh, As I said, I feel obligated by whatever duty, sense of duty I have to this podcast that I must briefly discuss the second round of the playoffs. It is the quarterfinals. It's a big deal. I mean, the semifinals. Uh, so, you know, this is this matters for people who care about the league. So, uh, very briefly, I would like to talk about the only three games that matter. The two semifinal games uh, and the Boost Bowl, as it is now titled. Uh, so, let's run through it, shall we, John? Let's do it. I will go first with... Uh, I'm loving that Nick... First had to play Meg Collins, his wife, which is obviously a very personal matchup, and he destroyed her. Uh, and now Nick has advanced to the semifinals, and who does he play? None other than his arch rival, the Boos, Abby Saul. So we've got the full name. Wife Dead by Christmas Joy is Nick's current team name uh, versus Vance Down by the River. The sixth place team versus the second place team. Current projection Abby, 105.5, Nick, 81.3, but asterisk with a notably incomplete lineup because he has someone, Calvin Ridley, on the injured reserve. Uh, So he can easily bump up his score quite significantly. Uh, But yes, uh, how do you feel about this match? Uh, I will say first, uh, Pat was kind enough, acknowledged I didn't really have a way to see these matchups, and so he sent me some screenshots. But the, the screenshots are just screenshots of the matchup from the app. But they, there's not enough room. It cuts off the team names. And so on here, Nick's team name comes through as <laughs> Wife Dead by Christmas. <laughs> it sounds like a, a very dark goal. Well, he succeeded in killing his wife with Christmas. I, I guess, I guess his, his wife is just, just out of the loop. He, he knocked her out of the playoffs before Christmas, so he achieved his end. But uh, to me, looking at this, I like this 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 fence team. It looks so good. It looks so strong. How could it ever lose? Yeah, she did very well. Uh, she was the number one scoring team uh, in on the regular season, so she she should be favored. I think, according to the extremely dubious calculations of ESPN's website, she has a sixty two percent chance of winning, which is actually very high because it really wants to anchor it at 50, 50. So anything above like 55% is a pretty strong endorsement uh, in my experience with, with their win probability thing. Um, again, 
very easy for Nick to significantly boost his score because he has an IR and he has some pretty good players on his bench. Uh, but uh, it seems clear that Abby must be favored. Is C Hyde Carlos Hyde? Uh, yes, sir. That guy's still hanging around. Yeah, still doing it. Good for him. I made a lot of jokes about uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde uh, <laughs> in previous seasons, and I gave that up because you can only do that so many times, and I did it more than the number that is acceptable already. But oh well. Uh, perhaps instead you can root for Cooper Cup to runneth over someone. There you go. There you go. Sounds excellent. Uh, the running gags, as you are aware, on uh, for our league, probably should point out, first of all, Christian McCaffrey is, like, completely unstoppable, not a gag, averaging 22.5 points per week in a non-PPR oh. league uh, for a running back. That's absurd. And she has DK Metcalf, uh, the absolute mountain of a wide receiver rookie for Seattle, who uh, has a 24-pack of abdomen muscles <laughs> and uh, should should be completely unstoppable and uh, sometimes has some strong games but hasn't always broken out. But I'm excited that she has succeeded with him. So it sounds like we're in agreement. Nick just has no shot here. <laughs> I won't say no shot because it's the playoffs, but I will say, yes, uh, it seems appropriate that Abby is favored, yes. Okay, who else we got? Then the other semifinal game is me. Bill Swirsky Superfans versus What's That? The Pats. Casey Johnson, the number one seed, versus me, the number five seed. Current projection with complete lineups on both sides, 106.1 to 97.4. So about a nine-point favorite for Casey Johnson. Uh, yeah, I will I will refrain until we let you uh, provide your analysis first, sure, sir. Boy, is it tough looking at this when – Pat's name is on one side, but that's not Pat's team is my main takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, it was confusing. As I mentioned before, I didn't know exactly what he was going for with his name. And at the beginning of the season, it was just, what's that? It's Pat. An obvious reference to the SNL sketch. It's Pat. Uh, However, I did not make the connection. The reason he had done that is because he had Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback. So that made sense. Uh, I was uh, like, my name's Pat. Is he trying to make fun of me as some sort of androgynous figure? That's inappropriate. But no, it was it was related to his team, and then he traded away Patrick Mahomes for the Patriots' defense, and so now he he very cleverly, sh- subtly shifted it from its Pat to the Pats because now he has the Pats on his team. It's a strong commitment to the Pat bit. I like it. Yep. Um, both teams look very good. I like. I remember. Travis Kelsey being good. So I assume that the Pat team will win. All right. Thank you for your analysis. That is, you're correct. That is essentially no drop off from the caliber of analysis that we have provided all season long, uh, finding one name that you like and making your prediction based on that. I will say, yeah, he has a good team for sure. Um, and he made some smart trades overall. Uh, he definitely traded away one too many elite quarterback, I would say, but he definitely Uh, bolstered his strength in other areas as he made those trades. Uh, That's why he has Ezekiel Elliott on his team. Uh, He ended up with Kyler Murray as his starting quarterback uh, because he traded away both Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, which are exceptionally strong quarterbacks. Uh, But he's doing well. He's, he, and he has a Patriots defense, which has been the number one defense. Um, 
I hope to win. I think I have a, uh, a puncher's chance. Uh, according to ESPN, I, uh, he is a 53% win probability. So that's obviously much lower than Abby's win probability. My main problem has been the past several weeks, Alvin Kamara has been terrible, uh, who I drafted, obviously, in the first round. With the third overall pick, uh, he is averaging 10.7 points per week as opposed to the 22.5 that Christian McCaffrey is. So he is not putting up first-round numbers, um, and that has given me a hard time. But uh, I, I definitely have a chance. Casey is properly favored, but I, if I had to bet, obviously, for routine, for confidence, uh, I, I have to bet on myself. So did you say that he traded you Lamar Jackson? He sure did, yes. So who did you who did you give up to get Lamar Jackson? He doesn't even have many more. It was Marlon Mack, uh, the oh, yeah. So I mean if if you win and Lamar Jackson does well, that is an utterly brutal way to go out of the playoffs here. Absolutely. Uh obviously Kyler Murray is not nothing at quarterback, but he is the seventh best quarterback at 18.7 points per week versus Lamar Jackson, who is the number one quarterback at 26.8. So eight more points a week at quarterback uh, for essentially uh, a running back. I I feel like karma alone. I switched my pick. I definitely think you're going to win easily. You can't give the other guy you face in the playoffs his starting quarterback for nothing and expect to win. Well, I feel like he deserves to lose based on that alone. Well, there you go. Also, uh, in the in that trade, I got Sony Michelle, but he has been wildly inconsistent so uh you know that it was it was essentially a very what was perceived to be a good running back in exchange for an excellent quarterback with a okay quarterback thrown in with a okay running back to even it out numbers wise and uh and it turns out that he only kept the okay quarterback so yes i won the trade i would say but i am not a lock to win then the only other match to talk about would be the boost bowl and as mentioned, that is Alex Um versus Annalisa. Uh, Peristaltic Chain Reaction versus the Girly Men. And uh, this, it would be very fun. Currently a nail-biter in projections. Annalisa is favored 93.5 to Alex's 93.0. I would love it if the boost bowl came down to the wire and was like a nail-biter. That would be amazing. I can just imagine Alex sitting in his house, no idea any of these games are going on, didn't check his lineup, has no concern whatsoever. Yep, that's that's true. That's what's <laughs> happening. He is not he certainly is not on the edge of his seat hoping to not have the indignity of the inaugural boost uh hung around his neck. What does parastatic chain reaction mean? That was uh, that was a topic of discussion. So it is all of these, as you may or may not know, um, our league has a theme every year, which is determined right. by the previous year's winner. And so this year, obviously, based on some of the other ones, the theme was Saturday Night Live, specifically Saturday Night Live prior to 2000, I think, uh, or 2010. Maybe it was before 2010. Anyway, it's it was like not the most recent SNL. And so everyone's team name who participated in the naming trope uh, has a reference to some SNL thing. Peristaltic chain reactions uh, is a reference to Wayne's world. When uh, the episode where Tom Hanks played the roadie and uh, Aerosmith was the musical guest 
and so they were he was a roadie for Aerosmith and they were talking about uh, essentially somebody blue chunks or spewed in the parlance of Wayne's world and then everyone started throwing up and so he said it was a peristaltic chain reaction as in peristalsis the motion that uh, the muscular motion that moves food up or down your throat uh, so a peristaltic chain reaction would be the chain reaction that causes everyone in a room to throw up. This feels, I don't, I'm not saying this is this. It feels dangerously close to a reference that is not funny on its own. <laughs> sure. I think that, I think it is excused when it is just to conform to the, uh, casual rules of naming for the league you know every like everyone just wanted to participate and make the their teams conform to that uh you know standard and so I'm, i don't i'm not gonna judge anyone whose name is not like the best pun or anything like that totally understandable i am surprised i wish like i'm surprised i thought there'd be more tie-ins like to actual players who's the best player in the nfl whose first name is gilly <laughs> uh, I don't know the answer to that, unfortunately. I guess that's why nobody did yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel? Speaking of which, we haven't had this discussion. Obviously, we haven't been, uh, you know, uh, recording podcasts together. I was a little unsure when Jen chose the ignorant sluts as ignorant sluts is easily the best name. I I came around to it. I was a little bit like, man, that's pretty edgy, Jen. You know, that it's just I and I felt. At first, before I grew comfortable with it, I felt bad talking about the team on the podcast with people who don't know me or Jen. Not that anyone listens to this, but just like talking, oh, the ignorant sluts, this, the ignorant sluts, that, the ignorant sluts. It's like, if you don't know me, you can be kind of like, what is this guy talking about? But anyway. Well, first off, I mean, I saw your appearance on the Jerry Springer show, <laughs> and I am well aware that we don't know you. <laughs> But uh, I, I would, I, I think, I don't, I don't know if I want it to be your name. I don't think it should be your team name. But it's, it's especially coming from her, I think it's an absolute home run, grand slam, the best you could do, best possible team name. I think it's fantastic. Yep, she did, she did a great job. So good job, good job, everybody. Eventually getting a uh, reference for your team name. Uh, you may be surprised to know that Alex was the last person to have an SNL related name, and he did it because he lost a bet when he played against Abby and lost the game. Wait, was was the bet that he had to do the thing he had to do? <laughs> Were those the stakes? Essentially, yes. I mean, again, there's no consequence. It's not like the league charter says if you do not have a conforming team name, you get 50 points docked from your score every week. There was no consequence to not doing the thing that we were encouraging everyone to do. And so just having a bet was enough to push him over the edge and actually do it. So, you know, I encourage that. That's good. Uh, is that you think that's a, a change you're looking to make before next year to the the league charter? Well, when I win the league and I get to determine the theme to be video games or maybe a specific time period of video games, I certainly will have to do something to force people to actually participate. I gotta feel like now I need to. St- <laughs> Alex is right on the cusp. It sounds like he's about to be the fucking boost of this league. He doesn't pay any attention. He can get booted out. I could try to get back into football, learn how to do it, win the league just to make everybody have Pokemon team names. There you go. That's what you have to do. That would be a, man, that would be a fun theme too, for sure. There are everybody, like what like 
800 Pokemon now? Something like that? Yeah, roughly 800, yeah. You can totally have a good team name that is a pun on one of those 800. Yeah, even if you don't know anything about Pokemon, you just get on Wikipedia and start scrolling, and you find a guy whose name is like some guy on your team, and you hit a home run. Yeah, that's it's a win-win. So, well, yeah, I'll I'll kick Alex out. I have no qualms about that, uh, and you should come and uh, you know win the league. Uh, I'm not going to do it because I don't know anything about football, and it won't work. That's the real downfall. But uh, the other parts of the plan are really good. So, if somebody else wants to do all the other. Honestly, Alex could probably just do that. He could start paying attention, win the league to punish you, and then uh, do the Pokemon thing. There you go. Excellent. Well, and that that was our playoff round two preview. We, uh, yeah. Uh, did you did you predict the boost outcome? Did we? Did you did you make your wager? I don't know if I made a prediction, but I will predict Alex loses because he deserves to. There you go. All right, and I think that about wraps it up, my friend. Uh, I really, again, can't thank you enough for your time. It is actually ludicrously late at this point on a, on a school night, so to speak, and you're under the weather. You made a big sacrifice for me and for the league, uh, and I really appreciate it. So, John, thank you so much for dialing in and having this long chat. I had a fantastic time. Thank you so much for having me. Bye, everybody. Bye. Hi, Jen. He says hi, Jen. Hi. I like your Christmas sweater. I had to match Pat. I like your Christmas sweater. There you go. I like your podcast a lot, by the way. Every episode. Oh, she listens every Thank time. Thank you. I do. You're very talented. I didn't know you're you're a talented part. interviewer. Anyway, sorry for this awkward conversation. No, I'm, but... I'm happy you're able to say that. She's such a fan. She's, I know, I really She's am. awkward really because like it. she, it's a big deal oh, to meet you. It's, it's always time. nice my to meet a fan. former softball coach here on my computer. I would say captain. Probably. Captain. I would say <laughs> captain, manager, maybe, maybe certainly on the level, not above. <laughs> anyway. But either way, it, it's always very nice to meet a fan. All of this goes in after the uh, outro music at the end. This is just the, this is like. And he the, makes a lot of gestures, which is funny. Like yeah. silent. John is really waving. And oh, flailing I can't get into it if I don't do hand stuff. <laughs> that's also what I told all my girlfriends in high school. <laughs> How'd that go for you? I keep forgetting that Pat can't hear this. I would not have made that joke just for you, John. Well, he's going to hear it later. No, I'm glad he's going to hear it later, but I do kind of feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I hope you do enjoy yourself. Thank anyway. you. Good night. Good night.